It's Monday, May 29th, and welcome back to another episode of Thoughts and Meditations on Christianity, a podcast devoted to just that. Today we conclude our look into the differences between the early church and the 21st century church. This week we look forward to a hopeful future. It doesn't take a genius to look at the modern church and see that there are problems. I spent a few minutes last week going over just a few of them. There are many more that I could have discussed. Perhaps a skeptic looks at the situation and surmises that Christianity is going by the wayside along with all other religions. As a godless worldview receives more and more traction in the public sphere, many might wonder, will Christianity pull through? Truth be told, the faith does face many obstacles in its way. On one side, the church faces attacks in the name of secularism, materialism, atheism, humanism, and feminism, just to name a few. If you name an ism, it's probably opposed to the gospel. On the other side, and sadly from within many churches, the church faces attacks in the name of legalism, moralism, religiosity, patriotism, and hypocrisy. Again, just to name a few. With everything in the kitchen sink being thrown at the gospel, many believers, perhaps in a moment of doubt, resort to questioning God. Is the church going to come through this tough time? And if we're being honest, many churches end up sacrificing the gospel in order to withstand the onslaught. But sadly, they've not withstood it, only sidestepped it. I believe we live in one of those critical times of church history where the people of God must stand firm. The early church stood firm against Gnosticism, the reformers stood firm against the papacy, and once again, the church must stand firm today. And we as believers can have hope that the church will come through this dark time. Here are four reasons why. Number one, God is sovereign. I begin with this encouragement because anyone that believes in the complete sovereignty of God can attest to the utter peace that it bestows upon the believer. When anything in this world seems in question, the peace of the knowledge of God's controlling hand comforts the believer. The problems of the church are no different than anything else we might face in this world. Our response should be to submit our wills to the will of the Father. It's only when we begin to tell ourselves that God is not in complete control do we succumb to fear and doubt. No matter what the future has in store for the church, rest assured that God is sovereign over that future. Yes, the problems of the church are many, but they are never too many for God. Here are some scripture verses that we can rest in in light of this fact. Isaiah 46, 9 and 10 reads, Remember the former things of old, for I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning, and from ancient times things not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will accomplish all my purpose. End quote. The future of the church may be hazy to you, but to God it's already declared and just waiting to be accomplished. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 reads, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. End quote. What reason do we have to forsake anxiety in all situations unless God is truly in control? And finally, Proverbs 16.33, The lot is cast into the lap, 
but its every decision is from the Lord. End quote. If the seemingly random toss of the dice is decided by God, then the future for something as great as the church is in good hands. Number two, millennials. You may be wondering if that's a mistake. This is an episode of encouragement, not discouragement, you might contest. You may even cite numerous Pew Research studies that show millennials to be the least Christian generation ever. A recent study in 2014 showed millennials at the bottom of recent generations in numerous religious beliefs and practices. You can check out my website at brettfloor.co to see those numbers. I don't discount the research, which is most likely accurate. As a whole, the generation is leaving our churches in droves. You don't have to conduct a survey to notice that. Yet I stand firm in my belief that Generation Y Christians are a benefit for the future of the church, not a detriment. Here are a few reasons why. One, while a minority in their own generation, millennial Christians are some of the most gospel-centered individuals of any generation in recent decades. John Nielsen, a ministry director at Princeton University, says, quote, Millennials want to see the gospel at work. They long to see Christians vibrantly, authentically, and sacrificially living out their faith in service to others, end quote. He also says that, quote, Many genuine believers in the millennial generation have started to move from the church consumer mentality to a willingness to go deep with a God-centered community of believers. End quote. Two, millennial Christians have a better understanding of what it means to be countercultural. In previous generations, Christianity was more generally accepted as much of the country upheld traditional Christian values. But in the 21st century, to be Christian is to be countercultural. And third, Theology and doctrine is becoming more important to millennials. And this brings me to my third point, good theology. Why is theology a reason for encouragement? Because the way we view God affects the way we live our lives. Thankfully, the church in many circles in recent years has seen a heightened interest in the study of God. Joe Thorne, pastor at Redeemer Fellowship in Illinois and co-host of Doctrine and Devotion, a popular podcast, attributes this rise to the interest in experiential theology. Thorne says, quote, Theology is meant to do more than just inform. The aim of theology is worship, and the fruit of theology is transformation. And theology, if it's done well, will always show the connection between truth and experience. This younger generation wants experience and loves to go deeper. End quote. In past decades, theology has been sacrificed in many churches, viewed as more of a hindrance than a help. But the church is again, like centuries ago, realizing the dire importance of theology. C.S. Lewis wrote in Mere Christianity, Theology is practical, especially now, in the old days when there was less education and discussion. Perhaps it was possible to get on with a very few simple ideas about God, but it is not so now. Everyone reads, everyone hears things discussed. Consequently, if you do not listen to theology, that will not mean that you have no ideas about God. It will mean that you have a lot of wrong ones, bad, muddled, out-of-date ideas. For a great many of the ideas about God which are trotted out as novelties today are simply the ones which real theologians tried centuries ago and rejected. End quote. When we rush into church to worship God, but don't really know much about the God we worship, there's a disconnect there. Yes, we worship God because of what He has done for us, but we also are to worship God for who He is. A good theology produces God-glorifying worship, and thankfully, many churches seem to have rediscovered this truth once again. 
And fourth and finally, Jesus promised. I save this one for last because I believe it to be the most important encouragement to take away from today. Why will the church persevere? Because Jesus said it would. Jesus said in Matthew 16:18 that even the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. When Jesus makes a statement like that, you can take it to the bank. He has the authority to say something like this, not just because he foresees it, but because it is through his power that it is accomplished. The spiritual powers of hell will not succeed in their attacks on the church, nor will they be able to withstand the offensive of the church empowered by the Holy Spirit. This statement by Jesus is profound and should offer mighty encouragement to the Christian. The church has survived for nearly 2,000 years, and nothing will stop it. It wasn't stopped by the persecution of the early church. It wasn't stopped by the heretical religion of Rome. And it wasn't stopped by Joseph Smith. Nor will it be stopped by the attacks of today. The church will win because Jesus has already won. Thanks for listening to this podcast. You can check me out on Facebook at brett.flora.9 or on Twitter at 27 underscore brett underscore 91. For a transcript of this episode, check out my website at brettflora.co. As the camp season has begun, my schedule will change quite a bit, but still expect new episodes every Saturday until August.